don't actually know who black people are. They don't know what our lived experiences, they don't know what we like, they don't know anything about us. And that's why when you even look at things like Black Lives Matter and the commentary around Black Lives Matter, you find that Caucasian people and non-African people say the strangest things. So it's very important for black people to be content creators, to speak up, uh, to, to own spaces where they are heard. Welcome to the Podcast Sessions with your host, Retendo Nyamuda. Each week, we take you behind the mic as we interview podcast hosts, podcast producers, and those within the podcast industry. On today's show, we have the voice of marketing, the host of Lessons with Lion, and someone who was recognized as one of the 40 under 40 business icons of 2020, Lebu Lion. I am incredibly inspired by the work that you do, everything that you kind of encompass. And it's, um, I guess it's just really nice to meet you because I feel like it translates from what you put on Twitter to Instagram to Facebook. And I'd love to, you know, just start off by saying, you know, how you put yourself out there on these spaces by calling yourself as the voice of marketing. It's a very bold and proud statement. You didn't just say I do podcasts or I do marketing or I'm just a lady in the industry. You've said I am the voice of marketing. You're owning that now. How and why was that important for you? Uh, thank you so much for having me on uh, the podcast, Rutendo. I've been watching you grow from the In My Twenties podcast, and I'm a fan. And I really think that you have a voice for radio. You, your voice is butter. <laughs> you know, it's gold. It's such a pleasure to listen to you. So thank you so much for having me. Calling myself the voice of marketing is an incredibly bold statement, and I did it on purpose, you know. I found that in a lot of commercial spaces, whether it's in entrepreneurship, whether it's in corporate, you know, you find that men are really um, arrogant and bold, you know, in the spaces that they occupy and what they call themselves and what they say they deserve. And you find that women tend to work much harder and they usually have more talent, but they're very quiet about it because we've been taught to be humble. We've been taught, you know, not to talk so much about ourselves. And we, we, we're taught to, to be seen than to ask people to see us, you know? And I was like, actually, I, I can't do this anymore. You know, I need to be seen and heard for what I do and the impact that I uh, given spaces and the impact that I have on community. So I was like, I'm also going to call myself something that makes people look up at me and say, okay, who is this girl? Why should we know her? You know, I wanted to be noticed. I didn't want to sit in the curtains or on the sidelines and just be another girl who's doing a podcast, you know? And it's so funny because when we started podcasting, I started podcasting with somebody else about two years ago, three years ago. And when we were doing it, People, it wasn't a thing in South Africa for young black people to be podcasting, you know. So we were really pioneering the industry at the time. And we would go to radio stations, we'd go to corporate events, and they would laugh at us and say, oh, but like young black people don't create podcasts. Young black people don't listen to podcasts. So you guys are just in over your heads. Nobody's going to listen to you, you know. They literally thought that the Gareth Cliffs of this world were the only people who could pioneer uh, innovative things like podcasts. So we were like, no, you guys are wrong. We're going to prove you wrong. Mm -hmm. And in that two, three year journey that I've had podcasting, I've learned a lot about taking up space, you know, and podcasting is, it's, it's like any other industry. It's a game. You need to know how to play the game. And so having a name that that gives you a presence is very important. It allows you to walk into rooms that you might not have been able to walk into. It allows you to take 
uh, heat of opportunities that you might not have been able to if you were just a podcaster or just a marketer, you know. So we also need to play the game as women, you know, brand yourself. Um, let people know why they should know you, why they should work with you and why you're so you're great, you know. Yeah. One of your earlier podcasts, I think it might have been your first podcast, um, and I pulled this quote because I thought it was so, so powerful. You said, I'm a wild soul burning with fire inside, and I don't need anyone's permission to do that. And that kind of just oh, encompasses, yeah. <laughs> encompasses what you said, like not asking for permission, yeah. taking up space, putting that I yeah. am, and then putting yourself there. Um, a lot of the times we find, even in marketing, because a lot of what you do with marketing is putting yourself out there, it's almost like people are looking for permission to take up space. Is it okay if I occupy the space? Is it okay if I call myself this? Is it okay um, whether it's a boss or your family member? And what you're saying is just do it, you know? Just do it. Hashtag Nike, just do it, you know? <laughs> no one's going to give you permission to be great. In fact, the world it teaches us not to be great. This is my belief. I don't know, you know, people might not agree with me and that's okay, but that's my belief. I don't think we are taken to school to be taught to be great. I don't think we work in corporate to be taught to be great. But what being in society does is it says, if you have the bravery to be great, show us and you can have whatever you want, you know? And that's what I learned with podcasting. Because, I mean, when I started my podcast, I was very quiet about it. Yeah, I would market it on Twitter and whatever, but like I would go into rooms and say, you know, I have a little marketing and entrepreneurship podcast, you know, and I was too scared to tell people, no, but actually I've got the biggest numbers in terms of a marketing podcast in Africa. Actually, I'm the first person in Africa to start a podcast about marketing for African people. I wasn't telling people that, mm -hmm. but I would have uh, my male, my manager and all these people saying to me, why don't you say these things? This yeah. is what people want to hear. You have to play the game. Yeah. And I was like, like, if I send them a report of all my statistics and stuff, they should be okay with that. And I realized that people do not read, know what the standard of anything is. So you have to teach them. You have to say, this is the standard. This is why I exceed the standard. This is greatness and this is why I'm greater. Um, this is podcasting and this is why mine is the best. You have to do that. If you don't promote yourself, nobody else will. Wow. Wow. I love that. It's also the understanding of knowing what the industry looks like, knowing what the game looks like, as opposed to just love me. Why? Because I'm telling you to. I love that. So you yeah. said about two, three years ago, you started your podcast. Tell me about the yeah. transitioning uh, into podcasting. Did you have any background in podcasting or was it kind of like, a, this seems cool. I'm going to try it. I actually didn't want to be in podcasting, if I'm being quite honest. So what happened was um, I had friends in the entrepreneurship space and when we'd sit and have coffee, I would tell them all these things that I know about marketing. We just have conversations. And the one time this guy said to me, but you can't keep this knowledge to yourself. More people need to hear all these cool things that you have to say and all these ideas. And I was like, oh, no, but like my clients know my ideas, so that's fine. They were like, no, Lebu, you know, go out there, show people what you know. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, fine. Let me think about it. And then I was like, maybe I should just go into radio and up podcasting. Mm -hmm. And then um, I got to dabble in a bit of radio, uh, a few radio stations, some as an intern, some as, you know, different things. I got to dabble in it. And then I realized the mechanics of the industry and how everything works. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to make it in this industry if I don't start on my own. So I was like, let me create a podcast that allows me to present myself to the industry because, you know, in radio, especially in South Africa, 
you ha- getting into radio is quite hard, you know. A lot of the time they pick people who either come from like AFTA or wherever, or people who are celebrities. Yeah. And I'm neither of the two. <laughs> so I was like, how do I get them to see me? How do I get them to notice me? Mm-hmm. And it started like that. And then over time as I was doing my podcast, I realized that actually this is such a cool thing and you don't need radio to validate your podcast. You don't need radio to validate the podcasting industry. Mm-hmm. And it's a substantial enough industry on its own to make money and to create so many opportunities for you that you can, could have never imagined. So for me, the same opportunities I'm getting from podcasting, I would have gotten from radio. Talk to me about the intersection between podcasting and marketing, because there are various means and mechanisms that you can uh, kind of use podcasting for in terms of marketing, but there's also the marketing side of podcasting. So where do you see the two intersect and how, what the relationship between the two is? I don't think enough people understand that podcasting success is heavily determined on how you market your podcast. You know, you can have the best audio, you can have the best artwork, all of these amazing things. But if you do not market your podcast, nobody is going to listen to it, especially on the African continent, just because the podcasting market is still very new here. And as a podcaster, you're not only creating amazing content, you're also teaching your market how to listen to podcasts and you're teaching them what a podcast is. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of stuff that is addressed by having really great marketing for your podcast. Uh, You were saying earlier, you know, about uh, your friend from overseas who was saying the quality of your audio doesn't have to be amazing. It just has to be clear. It just Mm -hmm. has to be good. And I think too many people are focusing on, you know, the tech uh, do I have a great mic? Uh, do I have great videos? It's like, nobody cares, guys. People listen to stories because they can relate to the story. It resonates with them. Something, you know, it has a personal appeal to them. And that's what marketing taps into that all these other things like having great tech and great artwork won't tap into. So I'd say for me, the biggest thing, the biggest thing in podcasting is having good marketing. Mm-hmm. And so by virtue of that, I think great marketers will be the best podcasters in Africa because we know how to tell stories really well and we know how to sell the thing you know it's, it's a sales thing this podcasting thing um radios do it but they just do it on a bigger scale so people don't aren't aware of what's happening but in podcasting it's pretty clear mm-hmm. and that's also why i became Nebu lion because when i started my podcast i wasn't Nebu lion you know i just had a twitter account i think i had 200 followers at the time mm-hmm. and um as I was trying to get people to listen to my podcast, I realized that people just were not biting, but the content was really good, you know? So I was like, okay, let's you're a do the right things. And then I started marketing my podcast. I branded myself, I branded my podcast. And then people started listening. Mm-hmm. And then they validated me and made me a voice. And that's how I could also call myself the voice of marketing because they would say, oh, uh, there's a marketing, I don't know, seminar happening or this branded XYZ. We need Debu's opinion. You know, I never asked them to ask me. They just started saying, we need her opinion on this thing. I laughed when you said the thing about the, the tech and the equipment. The amount of times I get the question, what mic should I buy? And I'm like, you can buy a 25,000 Rand microphone and not know what to do with it and have the worst podcast in the world. It's like having an expensive mic will, will make you, will give you like a million uh, listeners. Equipment does not make a person. <laughs> a person makes the equipment. Mm. That's why if you've got great content and you know what you're talking about, people assume mm. that you're using 
complicated uh, technology when you're actually just like using, you know, an affordable mic or whatever. The first season of my podcast, I think the first four or five episodes I did on my phone. Mm. And I really wasn't concerned. I was like, okay, this is the message I want to give people. So I'm going to record on my phone because this is the the equipment that I have right now. And I'm not even sure if I want to invest in podcasting. So let me do what I can, which is use my phone and then see what I'll do later. And what I've also found in the space is that the guys, the male podcasters love being technical. You know, they love like buying the mics and the stands and the everything and they must be up and go in the pans and you're like, okay, that's wonderful guys. But like <laughs> the, content, the content is the goal. The content is the key. You know, you can have all of the theatrics that you want. I won't even mention uh, an, another podcaster, but he's a Caucasian male podcaster and he's got all the theatrics you can think of. He's got signage, he's got everything. But like, no one's listening to his podcast, okay? <laughs> so I feel like people need to stop that. It's not people who listen for your tech. They listen for your story and they listen for the person behind the mic. So it's, it's a funny game, the song and dance of podcasting and when you monetize your podcast. Corporates buy into the theatrics. They buy into the signage. They buy into the, the, the cameras and the crazy equipment. They feel like if this person has this, it mm-hmm. must mean that they have a million listeners, you know? And so the job is a little bit easier if you play into the theatrics, you know? But I don't, I don't believe in that because even when you look at uh, the business charts, the, the podcasting business charts, uh, you saw MASH was there, I was there, She Brigade were there. We're not there with those kinds of things, you know? We're okay. there because people listen to us and that's how yeah. you get on the charts, from listen, listen, not from anything else. Yeah. Um, yeah, but if you do want to sell yourself to corporate, then maybe investing in those things, you know, will help because mm-hmm. corporates take those kinds of things very seriously. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. And and all the podcasts you mentioned right now uh, are leading the way in podcasting in the South African space. Um, mm-hmm. And even if we look at, I mean, a little far back or well, a few weeks ago, even this last week around the Black Lives Matter movement, a lot of online mm-hmm. platforms um, and international radio platforms were promoting black voices. They were, they were saying, we need more black voices. We need to hear more. And I mean, for you, what is the importance of it? I mean, I think there, there's the highlighting of them, but also they're among the best, if not the best. I think it's, it's a critical situation. I think it is long overdue. We need to be doing this. We've seen, like you said, with Black Lives Matter, that people don't actually know who black people are. They don't know what our lived experiences. They don't know what we like. They don't know anything about us. And that's why when you even look at things like Black Lives Matter and the commentary around Black Lives Matter, you find that Caucasian people and non-African people say the strangest things as if they're talking about Black people as if they're objects or animals. You know, it's just a complete lack of understanding of the human um, the human part of black people. We are human beings. People don't see us that way. And so I think in us telling our stories, in us uh, owning our content and driving that content, we're starting to humanize ourselves mm-hmm. uh, to people who never saw us as human beings. And once you break that, that wall that people have, the prejudice, you know, I'm black, you're white, I'm whatever, all the differences we think we have, you break that wall by telling stories. You break that wall by having a voice and talking to people. And I've also seen that with the people who contact me. I mean, I've had people from the States and people from Europe and all over the world, people I never, ever, ever thought I would speak to, mm-hmm. who will contact me and say, 
you know what, they were, I didn't know that the African market was actually like this. Until I listened to your podcast, I thought all of these marketing reports we were getting from these companies were a true reflection. But actually, now I'm learning that it's not the case. Mm-hmm. And so just by virtue of doing something as small as that, I've opened up the industry for so many African marketers to create content and reports and that kind of thing for global companies who actually want that information because they know how to monetize it when they get it. And so for me, it's, it's, it's about uh, putting out the right information about us so that we can get the right products and services, so that we can be seen as human beings, and so that we can be given the, the right positions that we, we should be getting in spaces of influence and power. So it's very important for Black people to be content creators, to speak up, uh, to to own spaces where they are heard. So let's let's look at your actual podcast. So I know you said in the beginning, your first couple of episodes, you had your cell phone. Uh, how has it evolved and changed? And by the way, not going to lie, I really want to touch on your theme, which I think, okay, let me reverse my first question. My first question is on your theme. I love it. Level with the Twitter, level with the podcast, level with the, you know, impact. It's so catchy. How did, how did that come about even? Look, I know people. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, but uh, I love music. Uh, I come from a musical background. I used to play the saxophone and I've written music for a couple of artists and that kind of thing just for fun. Uh, so for me, I, I can't imagine or envision anything that has to do with Label Lion that does not have a musical element to it. Um, I think music catches people's attention. It gets... It, it allows them to know who you are. You know, it allows them to get a taste of your vibe. Yeah. And it's, it also breaks that seriousness that business podcasts often have. And I didn't want to lose people's attention. So I was like, you know what? I need a catchy soundtrack, something that talks about who I am and what I do, but in a way that isn't predictable, you know? And so I reached out to a young rapper. He's a young rapper producer that I know. And I just said to him, listen, you know me? create something <laughs> and he did and I was surprised that I didn't expect that it was it's very cool but yeah mm-hmm. so I just approached him and I think the musical element is uh, underrated in, in podcasts I think more podcasts need to have music it's a show people don't just want to listen to you for 45 minutes on your own or with a guest in silence I think it's a bit boring mm-hmm. I think music adds pizzazz I think it makes it seem like a better quality podcast and you can hide so many mistakes when you have music on your on your podcast you may mentioned earlier that you started off with cell phone you just had your cell phone and then kind of evolved so what is kind of your on the technical side what are your current gadgets processes that you're using I think I'm one of the most disappointing podcasters when it comes to (laughs) the technical things a because I'm an entrepreneur and I'm running a business so for me I just I get a bit lazy when I have to think about using anything that needs to too much equipment you know and that's how I I run everything I do in my life if it needs too much it's not for me that's how I do everything I don't care how other people do things it has to be simple so I've got an uber mic and an uber mic is awesome because you can literally have like a round table discussion and it will catch all of the voices it's designed to do that it costs that much it costs enough to do that so it it does the job you know and it's great for someone like me who doesn't want to be carrying too many things when she's recording her podcast who doesn't have to learn too many things in terms of being able to edit the audio or the post-production after recording so for me that mic works really well and they actually created it for podcasters uh, to make it easy for us to record 
different kinds of um, audio, you know, with uh, large groups of people or even just one-on-one and have quality without us having to have too much technical knowledge. But when I stopped using my phone, I used a mic that I had. It's, it's a mic that I used for singing. Uh, I always had the mic. I just didn't want to use it for podcasting because I didn't know which software to use to uh, record mm-hmm. uh, my mic recordings, you know. And I started off with, I'm trying to remember this program. It's like an, a very old school program. But I hated that software because it was way too technical. It was just way too technical for me. So I stopped doing that and I used Audacity. I changed to Audacity and that made life much simpler. But then I found that the mic wasn't catching the voices the way that I wanted it to. And so I invested in a new mic. And that's literally it. I used the mic and I used Audacity. I don't go too technical. I just... I think you have to know yourself as a podcaster. Some people like you, you know, you are a podcaster, you know, you, you have a podcasting business, you're in this field. So it makes sense for you to invest heavily in the equipment and all of these things. But for me, my podcasting is mainly about spreading the message. Yeah. <laughs> it's not about how great my podcast sounds. And I always stand by that. For me, I'm not the best in terms of audio podcast but i do have great content and it is clear to hear and i'm okay with that um you know my mission is to to teach it is not to to show people that i'm the best podcaster and then coming back to that marketing and branding section side of it i know you have a wealth of knowledge but in your opinion what would be maybe the top three essential things and easy things (laughs) that someone could do right now with their podcast to help marketing and branding your artwork for your podcast. You know, on the iTunes list, um, if you go onto the iTunes list, for example, you go onto Spotify, right? They put our, our podcasts basically next to each other. And so a lot of the time when people are on Spotify or iTunes, they just pick a podcast that stands out the most out of all of the podcasts, you know? So your artwork is important to get the attention and listenership of people who don't find you anywhere else but on the platforms where your podcast exists. So if they find you on SoundCloud or or iTunes or or Spotify, all they're going to know you from is your artwork. The only reason why they would pick you is from your artwork. And so your artwork does hold a lot of weight in that sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, From just a marketing on Spotify, SoundCloud or iTunes, your artwork matters. That's the thing that speaks for you. That's why people will pick your podcast and listen to it. So please make sure that you invest in your artwork. You don't necessarily need a graphic designer, but you do need to understand um, the mechanics of uh, attention and how to grab people's attention visually. So if you look on iTunes, for example, you'll find that a lot of the most successful podcasts have read on them somewhere you know and that's just a marketing trick even when you look at um, fast food franchises most of them have red writing or a red background because red catches people's attention the most and it stimulates they desire to interact with something. So that's why you'll find that a lot of podcasts have something red on them, whether it's a red name or a red background, something red. Red is always a good color. You'll mm-hmm. see it on most of the successful podcasts. So top first thing is artwork is very important. It does the marketing for you on these platforms. Mm-hmm. The second thing is I would say pick a social media platform that you're very good at using to market your podcast. Um, A lot of people don't take this seriously enough. When you use social media to market your podcast, it allows you to build a community around your your podcasting content. And what it does is it takes away that veil of misunderstanding that people have or ignorance, you know, that they have about podcasting and what a podcast is. 
also allows them to be uh, your, your mouthpieces. They promote you when you're not in the room, when you start a community on social media. So your social media community is, is a very important part in kind of like spreading the word about your podcast and getting people to know that you have a podcast and getting them to understand what a podcast is. You want that community to rally behind you. And when you approach corporates, they are going to ask you for your social media numbers if you are an African podcaster. Because to them, those numbers make more sense than podcasting numbers. So if you say I've got 100K uh, you know, followers on Facebook or in my Facebook group for my podcast, to them, they, it automatically translates as I've got 100K listeners on my podcast. And we know that's not the case, <laughs> but it, it allows you to monetize easier. And it also allows you to monetize on that platform because if let's say you have your podcast on Facebook as well, uh, and on the videos, you can monetize that video, you know, or if you put your podcast on YouTube, you can also monetize that. So always have some kind of social media platform that you're using to market your podcast and build a community on. And it will also help you in terms of monetization and approaching brands. And then the third one would be have fun with your podcast. Uh, I think the fun element is so underrated. Mm. I get bored sometimes when I'm recording my podcast and then I'm like, okay, no. And I'll take a break and I'll be like, this is not okay. If I'm getting bored, it means that I'm starting to pander to what I think people want mm. and not actually giving them me, which is why they listen to the podcast to begin with. So I'd say have fun with your with your podcast. People listen because they want to hear you and your opinion. It's not supposed to be an overly formal thing. And you'd be surprised that even in the business podcasting space, it doesn't have to be that formal in the way that you speak, in the way that you address your crowd. What people want is the authenticity that you bring as yourself. And they want to be able to rely in your character. So they want to know that this is how Lego speaks. We can always rely on her being a certain way. So I'd say have fun because it allows you to be authentic and really you know it, it also allows you to to have the creativity and the push to continue uh, creating uh, content mm -hmm. without feeling like, like you have to pander to people and that brings us to the end of our show if you're looking to start your own podcast why not connect with us on the podsessions.com and find out a little bit more about our podcast training